1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Dead Sea is known for its high concentration of salt. In fact, it is so dense that people can literally float and bob around in the Dead Sea. See the problem with the Dead Sea is that it's got an inlet but no outlet, and that's why it's dead. Of course, the spiritual analogy is very obvious. We have a wonderful inlet of God's divine power in our lives. The indwelling Holy Spirit is described as a spring, springing up into everlasting life. But if there's no outlet, then effectively, we would be dead. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: What wonderful imagery, the Dead Sea of what our lives could be like if we are like that as well. An inlet, but no outlet. Hello and welcome to Set Free with Ken Leg. I'm Phil Edwards and we're looking at the subject of stewardship this week. And if you joined us yesterday, you would have heard Ken define a steward in these words, that we possess, but we do not own. He said that we have not been created to own, but to manage. And whenever we try to own, it ends up owning us. Now, Ken, I know that uh, you're going to talk some more about stewardship with finances. And I guess right away there are going to be some sort of recalling back from this because they know they've been burnt in the past in that area. And as a pastor, I'm sure you know that the church has got a pretty bad name for always asking for money too. Yeah, and I share those concerns as well, Phil. And I guess, you know, uh, many of us have been
1: in a church situation where the pastor or leader gets up and says, now let's all turn to Malachi chapter 3 <laughs> and we all know what's going to happen. Here comes the stick and yep. the carrot. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there's, the, there's the carrot that if we will give, then we will be blessed. And if and we if, don't? If we don't, the stick's behind us to say, if we <laughs> if we don't give, we're going to be cursed. But, you know, that's that's totally foreign to Christian giving. Christian giving is actually an energy of grace, not a commandment, but uh, an outflow of the inworking of the Holy Spirit within us. You know, God is a giving God. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave. Uh, the Father gave the Son. The Son gave His life and gained a kingdom, which one day He's going to give back to the Father. And that's what God is like. He He's a giving God. And um he has a family that he desires to reflect that nature of his. I think it was actually in the book of Acts where uh, a quotation of Jesus was given where he said apparently in his lifetime it is more blessed to give than to receive. Mm. Now, that's a blessedness that comes from the grace of God. We don't need to be cajoled or, or um, manipulated into giving by fear or by guilt or any of those things. It's an actual Outworking of the inflowing of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I remember once seeing the, the contrast between law and grace by reading the gospel according to Luke. Now, in, in Luke chapter 18, we read of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus. You know, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? You know the story. I won't go through it all. But anyway, Jesus said, go your way, sell what you have and give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. That man went away sad because he gave nothing. And he was operating under the law. He asked, what shall I do? And, you know, Jesus gave the commandments to him and so on. He said, all these things I've done and so on. Jesus said, well, no, actually you haven't. Uh, Go and sell what you have, give to the poor and follow me. So he went away giving nothing. But then in the next chapter, we see the encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus. And Jesus uh, met with Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus experienced the grace of God. And what was the outcome of that? Well, he said, half my goods I give to the poor. And if I've ripped anybody off, I'll give them back four times as much, you know? So there's a the contrast between law and
0: grace. Under law, this man gave nothing. Under grace, this man gave 50%. It's funny, I've, I've read that many times through uh, the Gospel of Luke, but I've never really picked up that, that they're back to back, those stories. Uh, look, without grace, people are obviously going to give for the wrong reasons that they're saying, I want to give because I want to get something. It's kind of mercenary to. To uh, to have that approach, and it seems like you know it underlies much of what goes on in the name of what you might call prosperity teaching. You know, I I will do this because God is going to reward me. Is that right? Yeah, that that's the whole premise, you know, upon which that kind of teaching is
1: based is that we give to get, and uh, if we give, then we'll become rich. Now, the New Testament seems to fly in the face of that. In fact, the Bible says we are made rich not because of anything we do or what we give, but because of the fact that Jesus gave everything. In fact, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty
0: might be made rich. Mm. So we, we often read that rich as being, uh, you know, Gold, money, yeah, riches, cars, whatever it is, and particularly coming from a Western mindset that we do, we think about yeah. those things. But really, it's talking about a spiritual richness, the real richness, not not all this temporal stuff.
1: Yeah, I believe it's very comprehensive. It it embraces everything. You know, it is in the context of giving and receiving that passage, but the point that Paul's making is that we are not made rich in any sense because of what we give, because you know we've given of our substance, but because of what he gave. Mm. Uh, he became poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. Now, you think about Jesus. How He owned the universe. He created it all, and yet he became poor. He became so poor that we might become rich. Everything he, he had, he borrowed when he was on earth. He didn't own anything. You know, He borrowed food to, uh, to do the miracle of the, the feeding of the 5,000. He had to borrow some loaves and fishes. Uh, he borrowed a coin when he wanted to pay some tax. Mm. You remember he told, uh, Wish was I could it, do that." Yeah, wish it worked <laughs> for me too. Just go down to the river, or catch a right. fish, and open put some in his money mouth, out. and there's some coin, there's some money, you know. But he had to borrow that to pay his tax. He, he borrowed a bed. You know, he said the son of man has got nowhere to lay his head. So he obviously uh, borrowed beds. He borrowed a donkey to ride into time and uh, uh, in, into town, and uh, uh, <laughs> he even borrowed a tomb. To die in, yeah, to 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 be laid in, and in his death, there's actually a legend, Phil, that um, uh, when Jesus wanted to borrow that tomb, he he asked, you know, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, can I borrow your tomb? And and Joseph said, well, I need it, you know, for myself and for my family. And Jesus said, well, I only need it
0: for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny though. I mean, a lot of people think that there is a problem with money. Then you know that money is evil, and there's a great Misquote that you know money is the root of all evil, and it was the quote is actually the love of money that's the root of all evil, and that's the the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Are you saying though that you do believe in prosperity? That prosperity is a good thing. Look, I believe in in
1: biblical prosperity, and uh, biblical prosperity is found in two Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight, and this is what it says: God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. So, in biblical prosperity, God's promising two things. Number one, that He will meet all our needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Mm. Uh, I think it was the psalmist that said, You know, I have been young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous begging bread. Um, You know, God does supply the needs of His people. And um, there's no there's no spirituality in this prosperity teaching, but there's no spirituality either in poverty. Um, I don't believe it's glorifying to God that we live in poverty. God wants to meet all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. But secondly, he goes on to say that then he will give us an abundance over and beyond that so that we can actually be involved with him in
0: his ministry on earth to those who are poor, yeah. to the advancement of his kingdom. In doing good works. So it, often we, we stop short of actually seeing the reason why we have the resources. We want, we want the stuff for us, yeah. and that's where it stops. Yeah, and that's where I
1: believe the misinterpretation of Scripture is. Sure, you know, Jesus did say, give and it shall be given unto you. But he was not saying this is the way to get your own needs met. He's already promised to meet all our needs according to his riches and glory. Mm. But now we are stewards of God. How are we behaving in that role of stewardship? Are we faithful in the administration of those things that he entrusts to us? Then he says to us, if you give, then more will be given to you. You you would have proven yourself to be faithful and more will be uh, committed to you so that you can give more and be involved more and more in the
0: purposes and the work of God. And we saw that very clearly in the parable of the talents we were talking about yesterday. The 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 guy who managed to, or the two guys who increased the wealth, were given more to do more. And that's what the Lord calls us to do. That's right. Good advice this week on Christian stewardship. And there's more to come tomorrow when we continue. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.